I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. to the Dr. Supercoach Racing Podcast. My name's Watto and I'm joined with Justin and we'll be exploring uh, the Supercoach season for racing. Um, I placed fifth last year in the Supercoach uh, Racing and looking to repeat the effort. I love all things Supercoach and kind of go with my gut. Um, my name's Justin Darcy, so I'll be co-hosting along with Watto here and Basically, my background is horse racing. I work in it as a living seven days a week and working four or five different jobs at the moment. Started at a very young age, 2006 Melbourne Cup to be exact, tipping my prep teacher the winner of that race, Delta Blue. So I was hooked from that point in racing and I just love every part of it, the breeding aspects, everything, and I've just wanted to work in the industry. And as soon as Supercoach Racing came up as an opportunity to play in, I thought I'd have a, I thought I'd explore the app last year. And I was up there for a little bit, about 300th at one stage or 200th and I uh, dropped away a little bit come the final round with a with an average captain choice, but looking to bounce back this year. Awesome. Yeah, it all comes down to the Melbourne Cup, really, I feel. And uh, that round, the last three rounds are over the last week. So it gets pretty hectic. Um, just plugging the Dr. Supercoach League code. You can still join this league. Um, they kind of act like groups, if anyone's familiar with uh, other Supercoach formats. Um, the league code is two five eight six double one. We have just under three hundred people in it, and we'd love for you to, guys to get around it, uh, get in, and see how you stack up against everybody else in the Doctor Supercoach community. Absolutely, I mean, the more people that join, the more fun it is, and I guess it brings that more competitive side to it. And try and beat you, mate. That's all I can say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Being even in top five in the group, top ten in the group, you'd have some uh, pretty good uh, brownie points. Yeah, brownie points, exactly. Um, let's go on to the rules. We did do this last week, but we didn't get the uh, podcast out. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take the blame for that one, Watto. My mic was my mic was a bit dodgy, but thankfully got it working tonight. So a quick shout out to, to the missus. She's uh, come to the come to the rescue here, supplied the computer and microphone. So we're good to go this week anyway. Awesome. Did you want to run us through some of the rules? So basically, Dr. Supercoach, you pick a stable of eight horses and the eighth acts as an emergency as such. So that horse will drop out as your lowest scoring horse of the round. Uh, each Group 1, Group 2, Group 3 listed race handicap has assigned points to it. 40 for first in a Group 1, 32 for second, 24 for third, and so on. And then for a Group 2 first, 32 points for first, 24 for second, so on. And it just keeps dropping down uh, per class of race. So we want to really be targeting these Group 1s and Group 2s especially, while there's still some cheap buys around. Yeah, exactly. You want to do that at the start of the season as well. And targeting winners... Gets, gets points on the board for you, and you'll also be able to grow your stable. So you start at $1.8 million um, last week. If you haven't started uh, yet, you'll start with $1.8 million. Um, in a Group 1 race, if they come, if a horse comes first or second, they will gain 50000 or $25,000. Um, in a Group 2 race, first only gets a price rise with 25000 and so does in the Group 3 race, where first gets $25,000 increase. Um, there's also price reductions. So if a horse comes second last in a Group 1 race, they lose 25000 or last, they'll lose $50,000. Uh, and in a Group 2 and 3 race, last will only lose $25,000. Uh, there's no price drop for second last. Um, it's important to note that a prices horse can't uh, increase by over $500,000. Um, or a price can't drop below 50000 um, Also, another caveat to that is that if there is less than eight runners, so there's a bit of confusion. I actually had some confusion last week. I thought it was eight runners or less, but it's actually seven runners or less. Um, there'll be no price drops in that field. So especially we'll look at one of the group ones later on uh, this week. There's actually no price drops because there's a field, a small field. Yeah, I mean, so... Uh, especially for that upcoming Group 1, being such a small field and being such a warm favourite in the race, there's going to be plenty of people that do have this particular horse in their stable, if not everyone. But, yeah, looking looking forward to getting stuck into these Group 1s and seeing what the, what little discussions and different ideas that we have coming into this, Watto. Yeah, awesome. So what's your season plan, Justin? You take a bit of a different approach to most people in Supercoach racing. Yeah, so basically being my background in racing and doing form uh, for different races. My background is purely going to be doing form work for Supercoach, so not necessarily going to be picking the favourites every round. It could possibly be a little outsider that I think has a chance that I've, that I've selected on top for my selections, um, but not necessarily everyone else will have them. So I might be able to provide those extra little horses that those 3 to 5% of people might have in their stable rather than those horses that are 30 to 40% uh, of people having their stable. And it'd be handy, especially for selections, probably a point of difference. Um, some weeks you might find that a lot of horses get picked. Um, and Justin's really, he's pretty got his eye on a few horses every week that can really help you stand out. Yeah, and I think the key as well is, well, from my form point of view, is looking ahead as well, not just looking at the week ahead, seeing at what trajectory horses could be on, such as one of my selections I'll be talking about later, uh, where I think this horse could be in the future, and whether this horse I think is ready to peak in this upcoming race, or whether its peak performance is going to be in some races after, and whether I feel its odds in the market is going to reflect 
I guess, the chances of the horse in the race, or whether I think there is another horse that, that could beat it, and it, and it is vulnerable in Supercoach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I take a bit of a different approach to Justin. Um, I I love Supercoach in general, play it multiple forms, and I take the approach where it's a lot more based on odds and expected points. Um, it's a bit more bit more mathematical in the uh, approach rather than focusing on the horse racing uh, and its form. Um, but I'm pretty much just playing the odds, going expected points of each horse um, and trying to create a stable that I expect it to score well and pretty much just score anyone else. Um, sometimes it works, uh, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, that's exactly the same as me. I mean, form is not always going to come to the fore. You're going to get horses that do bob up and yeah. and do shock you. And obviously, me taking a set against some certain horses, it's going to be against me sometimes. But um, sometimes it pays off. And I guess for you last year especially, it definitely paid off um, using your formula. And maybe mine will this year. You never know. But um, yeah, it's just up to you. And we're just here to help you, guide you along a little bit and hopefully find you a winner or two. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. How'd you go last week, Jackson? We'll just do a quick recap of round one for each of us. Oh, so last week for me, I had I was very keen on Very Elegant here, and I just thought that she might be the better horse than Incentivize, but I was very well proven wrong there. She finished fourth in that event. I had her as my captain, so I didn't quite get the points I wanted in that race, but luckily I still had Incentivize in the stable. Uh, the, the flight stakes as well probably didn't go as to plan for me couple of roughies got up in that race, but Star Tontes, who I was hoping would finish a little further back than she did, she finished third, which sort of bumped me down that little bit more. So I was I'm, I was probably 30 to 40 points behind where I was aiming for. Yeah, I was I was in a similar uh, position. Um, I went the captain very out again. I, I was pretty bold on that pick as well, over incentivized, and I kind of came back down to earth. Um, I had a very good start to the uh, Saturday, and then that race around there uh kind of brought me back uh down to the pack i was probably about 40 points ish off where i really wanted to uh compared to a lot of the scoring that was happening um and i finished in one i uh, finished on 183 points which uh ranked me in the top 20 percent but really it's just round one um you want to be consistent and you want to focus on cash gen early on absolutely i mean that's the most important thing trying to get that extra little bit in your bank as well for the for the future especially come melbourne cup time when you're going to really want just about seven or eight horses in your stable that are running in the melbourne cup that's when you that is when this point in the competition now really comes to the fore of when we've built that early bank and then we can spend it on the cup yeah exactly you'll find later in later rounds where these more expensive horses are running in the group ones and it's it comes to fruition in the Melbourne Cup where there are a lot of pricey horses, um, you really want to be kind of stockpiling that cash so you can land multiple 400-plus K um, horses and not have to kind of make a decision on two horses that you really want um, and then you're 50K, 100K short. This It's very important uh, for the starting rounds especially to grow that cash. Yeah, spot on. But, um, yeah, I think we get just get stuck straight into these Group 1s now. I mean, it looks a great day's racing ahead. And um, what, have you got any thoughts at all for the Spring Champion Stakes um, in Sydney to kick us off? Well, I cannot go past Profondo. Um, very cheap at 50k. It's practically 
begging for that eighth spot. Um, they do kind of... The stable is sorted by uh, money as well, so Profondo kind of gets auto-selected into that eighth spot. Don't worry, though. Um, you're top seven. You don't have to select an emergency. It'll be top seven scores count as well. But I really like Profondo. Um, rated very highly in this race, and I believe it's the favorite from the bookies. Yep, that's correct. Um, yes. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, for me, it's obviously looking a three-horse race here between Profondo, yep. head of state, and never being kissed. I mean, there are a couple of other horses that are a little bit longer odds that I feel can run well. But do I think they're winning chances? Probably not. I'd prefer to much to, to stick with the proven horses. But for me, especially the boys, head of state and Profondo. Of course, Profondo is only a 50k buy. Head of state, uh, he beat Profondo last start, so he has to be given a massive chance. And that climbing stakes form generally shows up really well in the spring champion. Head of state's 150 grand, so of course he is very affordable. And although he's three times the price of Profondo, I think he is a must if you're going for a second horse. In this race, I've got massive question marks over never being kissed, although she won at Group 1 level last week. It was against the Phillies, and a little common denominator that we've seen throughout this three-year-old crop, and of course when they were two-year-olds, is that the Phillies have been well below the boys, rating four and five lengths below. So the boys is where I want to be here, and hopefully the two boys can get it done for us. Yeah, exactly. Never being kissed surprised a lot of people with that win as well. Um, you'd note as well, never been kissed at 150k as well if you want to take that. The only, well, caveat to that is this week, we don't really run into many cash issues. There are a lot of good picks um, that are priced very well. Um, and we don't really we don't really have much concern with cash really at all. What are your thoughts about that, Jackson? Did you have any, when you were trying to build your roster, did you have any issues of keeping it to the eight? Uh, well, my um, my salary that's still left is well in excess of, of zero, so um, that just shows you that this week, being the uh, being the uh, I guess that the three year olds running around, it's it they're not going to be expensive buyers. So again, yep, like we mentioned exactly. before, it's just making the most of that cash generation of the profundos and the head of states gaining fifty thousand dollars, twenty five thousand uh, dollars onto their prices already and using that later on in the carnival when the better quality horses are running around. Yeah, precisely. And on, on head of state as well, uh, jockeyed by James McDonald, he was on fire last week, and he's probably the in-form jockey running around. Um, definitely helps. Uh, yeah, exactly. Great jockey in-form as well. Yeah, spot on. I missed out on him last week. I I took Jai McNeil. I thought he had some real plum rides in town in Melbourne, but J-Mac was the way to go, and I think, again, he's looking he's looking the way to go here. He's looking, he's looking even better this week as well. I don't yeah. know how. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just got definitely... those real plum rides. Again, in the spring champion, he's got head of state, so he looks certain around yeah. the top three there. He's got some favourites throughout the day. Um, Paul Laley's one of them. He's earlier in the card, and... He looks, he looks a very good chance in that, so that's automatically four to six points. I think he's got off the bat without even thinking too much. And he, he's running ten races again at Randwick, so it's really, really impressive what he's doing um, to kind of set up some form for this spring spring. Exactly, carnival. and it gives you that good chance to at least have an opportunity in every race to gain points because, of course, he's not on favourites throughout the whole day, but... At least throughout the card, you've got something to barrack for and at least a, another couple of points that could, in the end, prove the difference between you finishing, 
I don't know, maybe top 20 in your league compared to top 10. Yeah, exactly. All those points build up over the uh, eight eight rounds, I believe. It is eight rounds, um, yep. and it's also good. It's also good to when you're watching uh, listed or handicap races. They tend not to be very super coach friendly, uh, but they're great to just you just follow your jockey that you've picked really. Yeah, exactly. And I think many people. Uh, he was obviously a big fan favorite last year, J Mac, and uh, I think most people will probably follow him again this year. He's got some plum rides coming up in the future weeks as well, such as Nature Strip and the Everest. So. He's just being Sydney's best jockey and arguably Australia's. He's going to be popular and he's going to be on the best mounts every week. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Moving on, we can go to Caulfield now where there's three Group 1s. What are you, what are you looking at first? Um, the first Group 1 here we'll be looking at is the Might and Power, previously known as the Caulfield Stakes. This is a wait-for-age event run, event run over 2,000 metres, generally a lead-up to the Cox Plate, and often we have the Underwood Stakes form come to the fore, which is exactly what it does here with what really looks a one-act affair in Zaki. He was just dominant in that race. He's extremely short in the market and frankly looks unbeatable unless bad luck really does strike. But he's very short price favourite for the Cox Plate as well, which is the Australia's premier weight for age race. He'll be just about peaking here. Last time he ran over 2,000 metres in Australia was in the Doomben Cup, where he produced a near Winx-like rating. So he's rating in the top three or four horses that Australia's seen in the last 10 or so years, which is just incredible stuff. And we know 1,800, he was very good last start in the Underwood. He laid in a little bit in the straight, but that Melbourne way of going now, he's got that under the belt. He's going to improve into this. He had a gallop around Caulfield during the week. I just, I just cannot see them be, cannot see anything beating him here, and hopefully into the Cox Plate as well. He was just this unstoppable freak that we all hope that he is. Yeah, and he's at 450k as well. So looking at the whole 50k boost, um, if he wins, and he looks amazing. Like I would put him in your team. Just put him in your team straight away. Don't even change it. Honestly, yeah. like and that's he, how good he is looking. Every man and his dog's going to have him in his team this week, I think, because... Yeah, you do not want to lose out. Yeah, this is these are valuable points that if you do think, oh, I'm going to try and risk it this week, don't do it in this race. Because by risking it, you are literally risking dropping well back in the field, and most people are going to have him as his captain as well, so there could be an 80-point turnaround there that you're missing out on. Yeah, and there's no risk as well. It's a small field, only six running, so there will be no price drop if some some something... Uh, crazy happens, he won't lose price. Yeah, do you exactly. Have any, do you have anyone else uh, running in the Might and Power? Uh, for me personally, I'm not taking anyone else, but I know plenty of people are taking, uh, are talking about taking Probabil. She's a proven uh, star, just about star mayor of the country, probably behind Very Elegant. She's a three-time Group 1 winner. 2,000 metres for me, I feel, is her big question mark coming into it. She's not... She hasn't been at her best over this trip, you can certainly say, and a little bit of predicted rain around I don't think will help her case either. Um, with no effort and homesman out in front, they're going to be bowling along, and I just can't see them going at a real walking tempo like we saw in the Underwood Stakes. So most people might look at the Underwood and go, oh, she ran 1,800 metres that day. What's an extra 200? Well, for this particular horse, if we're going on a little bit of a clip, I think it could be risky. I mean, based on class, she should run second, but I just think having her as... I guess your certainty to pick up 32 points in second place, I think there's more risk with taking her than some other runners in maybe some group twos throughout the day. Yeah, precisely. Probabil has been in and out of my team. Um, very pricey at 475 as well. Um, kind of deters a lot of people. Um, but you could 
definitely get away with just running Zaki in this race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most people are going to have him, and it's just a matter of whether you want to pop him probabil or if you think that maybe a homesman or nonconformist can finish in that second spot and you clearly mark them above the rest of the field other than Zaki, then, then, I would, then I'd say go for it. There's, I, I wouldn't stop you from doing that. And, of course, Probabil, um, I'm not going to deter you away from saying don't pick her because she should finish second based on the quality of horse that she is. But I just feel that there are a few little risks with her going into Saturday uh, with some negative factors that she hasn't proven that she can uh, get past before. I do like non-conformist as well. Rides really well at Caulfield. Um, I think it has a couple wins there. So it's very good smoky. Not many people will be on non-conformist. Yeah, he's um he's running in this race as a little uh top as a little tip over run for next week just to get his fitness right up to the mark. He's got a ballot exemption into the Caulfield Cup, so that'll be his main aim for the prep. But definitely, I've got non-conformist in my own selections for second. So 100% if you want to go non-conformist, I'd say go for it. He is an absolute fantastic chance of running on and relishing, especially what I think will be a good speed out in front. Yeah, exactly. Great at 2,000 as well, which was probably the downside for probably, as you said. Yeah, um... You can go for multiple horses in this race. It's outside of Zaki. You could, if you if you really had something against Probabil, it's just put them in a bag and pull one out and see which one. Yeah, you get. exactly, exactly. Um, and you can't really go. You could go for three horses in this race as well, but it kind of prices you out a bit. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And there's so many other good selections in the group ones, the other group ones. I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, and when we talk about building that bank for future weeks, this race is probably a perfect example because being plenty of these horses are going to be running in the Caulfield Cups, Cox Plates, these are the prices that we're talking about when we get deeper into the spring. So you're going to want to be getting these cheaper group one winners early, building that bank and making sure that you can afford more of them when you need them. Yeah, exactly. Cash gen has to be a priority. Not over points, but definitely has to be in the back of your mind. Moving on to race eight, who who you favouring? I like the the two the two front runners, Animo yeah, and Arturus. Yeah. Caulfield Guineas. I mean, it's a premier three year old race in Australia. It's the stallion making race for all these colts and geldings. So all of them will be here to win. None of them, maybe outside forgot you, will be looking onwards to uh, any other races as such. But Animo, for me, he's my on-topper in this race. He was awesome in the Golden Rose, flashing home down the outside on a day where it was very hard to do that. So I was really impressed with his efforts in that. It just showed how good of a three-year-old he really is. Artorius ran fourth in that race, so he has to make up a little bit of ground on Animo, but he has that X factor. He got a massive smack on the turn 
uh, in the Golden Rose, and he was sort of heading out Newcastle way on the bend, but managed to straighten him back up and head back towards the field uh, inside the 300. And he really relished, uh, really relished the 1400 metres and attacked the line hard, looking that maybe the 1600 metres is going to be up his alley. But uh, from barrier two, he's just got to have his race manners right and not get too keen behind horses because Animo, who is the ultimate prof- professional, will have his measure if Artorias is not on his A game. Yeah, exactly. And in a field of 17 um, at barrier two, you can kind of get stuck. You There's a bit of a a lot of risk in the Artorias pick. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, although I do think they are the two standout selections of the race, Artorias for me is one of those horses that has all the talent in the world, and he could very well go on and bolt in this race because he could be just the best in it, but his manners have just let him down before, and that is a little concern. For me, I will be taking him just to make sure that I do have Animo and Artorius in the event because I feel they're the only two winning chances, and I don't want to be losing if I don't have one in my stable, but I think there is a risk if you're looking at leaving one out. I wouldn't be leaving out Animo purely because... Artorius can let himself down on occasions. Yeah, exactly. And Animo at 225k, Arturus at 175k, both very cheap. And if you're only taking one in the Martin Power, which is Zaki, um, you kind of have that extra position to go with both of them. Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, that's exactly what I've done. I've got them both here, only Gonzaki in the Martin Power. So for me, I feel like that's been my best move uh, coming into this race. I feel Artorius and Animo are a better chance of running first and second than what probably is of definitely running second. So that's sort of what swayed my choice that way. Yeah, and they're both group one, so it's the same amount of points for each place. Um, there's more risk given a higher field that they might, something might happen, they might place badly and lose some cash. But ultimately, you're, you're banking them to place in that top three. And if you think you, they can do that better than Probabile and has a better chance of doing that, Uh, you might as well go for it. Yeah, exactly right. But also something important to note, Coast Watch has been a late scratching from the Guineas. He'll be heading towards Sydney to a Group 2 there where he's a short price favourite. We'll talk about that one later, but just to mention, Coast Watch is a scratching in the event. Yes, it's important to when you're running, you set even if you set your stable tonight uh, or, well, you wouldn't... uh, Yeah, tonight would be Thursday, yep, or tomorrow, um, always check... Saturday before lockout, for any late scratchings, um, it can catch you off guard a bit. Absolutely. I mean, I've been caught out before in previous seasons where I've done a similar style, a similar style of game to this, and, I mean, you just got to be wary. And I guess that's the importance of this emergency runner too, where one does drop out, and if you do happen to have a late scratching on the day when, when lockout's already uh, started for this game, um, at least you've got that substitution horse. Yeah, exactly. Last year, uh, we had a bench spot, I believe it was. Um, I'm pretty sure you could emergency, um, but still, most of the people were picking that as a 50 to 100k horse. They weren't really trying to get eight great horses and kind of one score drop off. Yeah, and I mean, once we get to the stronger horses of the competition, that's the type of formula we, we want to think about using. Um, but right now, while there's still plenty of cash hanging around and we can get cheap horses, there's probably no need to really uh, dive into that too much, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Agreed. Especially this week. Like, there's plenty of value out there. You don't really have to uh, really go picking for that eighth horse to try to better your roster. It's already there. With Profondo as well, at a great pick, and he's 50k, it's easy to just pop him in that eighth spot. 
Yeah, exactly right. He's going to be one of the safe selections of the day, along with Zaki, and then it's just a matter of trying to choose which group ones you want to target and how many you want in each. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the Turok Handicap, you have a few horses that are that you like in there. Yeah, so for me, it will for my own personal selections, I've gone with the favourite. I'm Thunderstruck on top. I just feel that he should have won the Sir Rupert Clark last start. Had he won that, he gets a weight penalty coming into this, so he's only carrying 52 kilos. He could have been carrying 53 and a half, 54. That's a massive difference in horse racing. Um, he and the key is for him as well. That's really crucial here. He draws towards the inside. He drew wide last start. Had to go back to last. Had too much ground to make up on the turn, as well as having some traffic hazards ahead of him. He now draws barrier four. He can settle that little couple pairs closer. And in, at the end of the day, that would have made the difference in the Sir Rupert Clark. He's going to lap up the mile, and I just feel he's going to be the hardest to beat in this race from Elephant. Um, he's an interesting one coming into this because he's unproven at this level. He's got to carry fifty-five and a half kilos. So he's carrying a good, a reasonable horse's weight in a handicap anyway, but he's done nothing wrong to suggest that he can't win this or can't be competitive in it. But he's $200,000 in Supercoach. I had him in and out of my stable. I ended up siding with him out of it purely because I thought there was a, that little risk factor with him definitely running second with some other smart types in the race, such as Stefane. I like Asar at a big price as well. He's one of my favorites, and I've stuck with him for a long time, but... Um, again, he's one that I think can bob up with a lightweight, and there's a couple others in it. Dice Roll, he ran well in a Sir Rupert Clark last start, running second. So, there he's not racing average horses as such. And for 200 grand, there are some other selections on the card as well that I feel might be a better chance of scoring the 32 points than Elephant definitely is. But I mean, he de- he could he could get second, and by no. Uh, it would be no shock to me. It wouldn't be a shock to me if he won the race either because he's just got that little bit of X factor. But it's, again, one of them races to me where there are lots of risk factors going into it. And if he goes the wrong way, then, again, that could be season over. Yeah, it's a very strong uh, field, definitely. Um, so there is quite a bit of risk compared to some other races. I have both Elephant and I'm Thunderstruck at the moment, but my stable is very... It's pretty much a rotation wheel. Um, kind of cost me last week, but yeah, I make change. I make changes uh, pretty much all Saturday morning. I feel yeah, like. I mean, you got to take in track conditions and stuff as well. Elephant's a horse who does handle all track conditions, so he's probably not one that you're going to have to swap out too much unless there is another horse that you like on the program that you would rather in instead of him. But again, if anyone was looking to put Elephant in their stable, I couldn't couldn't say. Uh, don't pop him in because he does have that X factor that he could be anything and you just don't know till he's actually tested in this grade, which he will be. Yeah, exactly. And the great thing with Elephant, I'm Thunderstruck, both at 200k, there's a lot of other horses around that mark in uh, Supercoach pricing, so you can flip them in and out quite easily. Yeah, and especially with the three-year-olds, some of the, these three-year-olds that are running, especially in the Group 2s, uh, elephant is a horse that you can swap out, put him in. You can swap out the three-year-olds, put elephant in. It's just a matter of what, whatever way you want to go. I mean, we're not going to tell you what you have to do, but um, we're just here to give you a little bit of help as to where there may be some little edges in the Supercoach market. Yeah, precisely. And with Group 2s, you're only losing eight points on first place. Um, there is the bit of a the difference in uh, cash gen. But if you really like a horse in in a Group 2 race over a Group 1 race, like an, a horse like Elephant, you might not pick. Um, go for it, honestly. Um, we'll show last week that it actually can work out better for you. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, buddy. You couldn't have said it any better. 
So going into the group twos, you wanted to talk about the Fox Stakes. Yeah, so race number four in Sydney. I feel like this is definite horse to put in coast watch of course i mentioned he was scratched from the caulfield guineas he's found a very winnable group two here he was placed third last start in the golden rose splitting both animo and artorius we think those two can win a group one and this is a much weaker group two and if he's anywhere up to that type of form that he ran to in the golden rose then i do expect him to be winning in for two hundred thousand dollars for a horse that i feel is um a very good chance and an odds-on chance in this type of race then I have to be putting him in, don't I? Yeah, exactly. He looks he looks great. Obviously, scratched in the uh, Caulfield Rust to go to go to here. And James McDonald, what do you know? He's riding yeah. another <laughs> our favorite boy. Riding another favorite. Um, so yeah, looks great. You can kind of like a few people are deciding Coast Watch or Elephant. Um, it's really up to you. Very similarly priced. Yeah, exactly. Coast Watch is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, so you're saving that fifty grand there. But this week, you're not going to have to worry too much about saving. It's just a matter of whether you think Elephant is a better chance of running first or second, or whether you think Coast Watch is a better chance of winning that race in Sydney. Yep, exactly. And race number five is the other group two I did want to have a look at. Uh, this is the Roman Consul Stakes, and the Godolphin Galloper Paul Lele is the one I want to be with here. He's unbeaten at this track, and he's going to be Godolphin's Everest horse if he does win this race. So I feel that it's going to be very important for him to win. James Cummings will select him to run in the Everest. And um, he's got form around in the Congo. So his first up run, he beat that horse. Second up run, he was beaten by in the Congo. In the Congo, won the Golden Rose, beating Animo and Artorias. So again, we've got that Group 1 three-year-old form coming to the fore. And I just feel that this is going to be his race to win. He was enormous from the back last start and on an on-paces day. Came down the middle of the track. He wasn't, beaten, he wasn't beaten too far. And I just feel that although he's not exactly looking a one-out chance in the market, he is the type of horse that I want to be with going forward and looking on to where he could be. So as I mentioned, I sort of look at where horses could be running in the next few weeks. Paul Lele is one that will be running in the Everest if he does win. I don't feel Godolphin will want to put Trekking in that race because he is seasoned and he's been seen to be not as good as some of these other horses in the race. Paul Lele has that X factor with a light weight in the Everest. He could be very competitive. So the team will want to be seeing him winning anyway this week. So that's why I've put him in my stable. Yeah, he's been in and out of mine. He's at 200k. Um, for me, he just misses out uh, uh, for Coast Watch for mine. Um, just I just find... Uh, 50k in it i can spend elsewhere um unlike yourself i've gone probable um so i need a bit more cash um and that 50k kind of just set me up perfectly um i'd love to i'd love to select them but it is how it is yeah when you sort of have limited selections um but yeah let's go let's talk about captains as well i think most people will have uh, this horse is their captain for the day uh zaki being the biggest winning chance of the whole day um, based on what the bookies are saying. Um, personally, I don't think he's he can be beaten in the race if, as long as he's got luck on his side as well, but I can't see him being beaten anyway. Um, and I feel that most people will be having Zaki as their captain and jagging that 80 points early on. Yeah, he's very well liked in the Supercoach community and in uh, racing. And I think if you don't captain him, it's going to be very risky. A lot of people pretty much are just probably a majority of the competition are going to captain him. He's very, he's very favoured. I just yeah. see it as a massive risk not to captain him. 
Yeah, exactly, because there's just there are other winning chances in these other group ones. It's not just a one-act affair. This literally looks like a one-act affair. Um, and yeah. I think the stats on here don't lie. I'm just having a look now, and um, we're still two days out from when this round actually starts, and 27% of people have already got him in their stable, and considering most people probably don't look till tomorrow, tomorrow night, the fact that 27% of people already have him in just tells us that he's going to be the banker that everyone's saying is going to win on Saturday. Yeah, well, the the stables don't reset during a round, so it's good to check on them. Um, because looking at the most owned, um, Incentivize is still 44% owned. Um, he's not running this week, obviously. He ran last week. Um, so, yeah, 44% of teams that picked him, which he was very heavily um, backed last week, have not changed their roster. So it kind of supports your theory that most people, they're changing their... Um, stables uh, on Friday or on Saturday morning because the, the odds don't come out until mid-Wednesday, I believe. Um, so a lot of people make their judgments later in the week. Yeah, exactly. Another little interesting note I've just found here on the stats as well. So we've got Zaki clearly is the most favoured horse this week with already 27% of people owning him. Animo, uh, currently 20% of people own him in their stable. That will rise, of course. Profondo, 19% of people own him. That, again, is going to rise. What I'm finding interesting here, which sort of is telling me that many people are going to be picking this also for some of the Group 2s, and that is Elephant. He's currently owned uh, by 15% of stables and ranked 10th as, the most, uh, as, I guess, the most owned horse in Supercoach. So... To me, that's telling me that people are going to want to be playing in the Turak and hoping that his X-Factor rises to the fore rather than playing the likes of Paul Lele and Coastwatch um, or even Probabile in some of these other Group 1s and Group 2s. Yeah, exactly. You can kind of make a bit of a judgment around those most owned horses. It'll get more uh, stable as we get closer to lockout. And you can kind of, if you really, if you want to try to make up points against the majority of the field, you can kind of go against those top 10 horses. Yeah, spot on. I mean, again, it's just all individual judgment and whatever you think is, is going to happen. I mean, you can base base your selections on what everyone else has in their stable, which you can see if you scroll down to the bottom of the My Stable area on Supercoach. But for me on form, I'll probably be leaving Elephant out going playing the Group 2s. Um, but obviously people are thinking very different to me and sticking with Elephant and saying that he can win or run second in the Turak. Moving on to jockeys, I know we talked about uh, one particular individual. Any jockeys you fancy other than uh, McDonald, who is probably going to be the most selected once again? If I'm honest, um, probably no no one else, I don't think. Based off last week, he was just dominant, and he's got even better rides this week. I wouldn't be suggesting taking any other jockeys unless you just wanted to bank three points with... Craig Williams, he's got a couple of other good rides throughout the day as well. He's on Zaki, of course. Um, but I couldn't deter you from taking James McDonald, who has just a host of chances on the day. Yeah, exactly. I think the issue, a few of the uh, bigger name uh, jockeys in Melbourne, so Craig Williams and Damien Lane, they're only on eight races as well. So James McDonald, he's going 10 races, and he's on a lot of good-placed uh horses it's hard to just step away from him yeah absolutely i think one that a few people might start to get around is damien oliver we know he's a big time jockey probably one of australia's best ever jockeys plenty of people are going to like his rides on saturday he does have some 
uh, real plum rides, and although they're probably not as favoured as J-Mac, people love Ollie as a jockey, and I wouldn't be shocked if a few go with him as well. Yeah, he's very well known as well, if you don't know much about racing, which I I don't know much about racing, um, uh, compared to Justin, that is. Uh, I love Damien Oliver, and he'll probably, he'll probably, he might see a selection in my in my side in a few weeks or so, if it, eventually, if, if it kind of pans out, but the way James McDonald is going right now, you can kind of just keep him selected every week. And I don't think you can do go too wrong with that either. It's probably the safe play. Plenty of people are going to have him. If you get sort of getting to a point of the competition where you, you need to find an extra one or two points, you could probably look for other jockeys and hope that J-Mac has an off week. But at the moment, safe play is J-Mac. He's just banking points, and he should again this week. Yeah, you're probably better off going for a riskier horse uh, rather than going against James Mack. I think I think that's all for tonight. Don't do you agree, Justin? Do you want any other racing that you'd advise people to watch on the weekend? I think the Scalacci Stakes is going to be an absolute ripper. We've got September run in that event. So it is a Group 2 if you're pretty keen on September run or uh, Dosh or Bella Nipotina, one of those horses. I, I would say go ahead, put them in your stable. It's just one of them weeks this week where there's a host of selections where you can put in and budget's not a problem. Um, of course, it's going to be a real lightning race, 1,100 metres, September run. She's an absolute star. I'm keen to see what she's going to do here. There's going to be a hectic tempo in front, but September run for me, I've always loved her, and I feel that she's going to get back to her winning ways and uh, possibly even gain one of the last Everest slots if she does win and race next week. Yeah, awesome. Got to, got to catch out today. If you missed it, that is race, race five Caulfield, isn't it? Yep, yes. exactly. 2.35pm, yes. so make sure you're tuning in watching that race. And, of course, if anyone does have any questions for myself or Watto, you can find me on Twitter at JustinDarcy7. And Watto? I'm at Watto underscore four. So apparently there's three more Wattos above me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, definitely tune in, uh, ask us any questions or if you want to chat any supercoach or horse racing, we'd definitely be down to talk. Absolutely, we're always here to help and like like I said before, we're not here to tell you what to do, we're just here to lend a hand and hopefully lead you or give you an idea of uh, some of the selections that plenty of people will be picking and of course what, what we'll be picking for the coming week. Yeah, exactly. That's it for us. Thanks for listening and see you next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.